The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, hosted by Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm Allison Childs with the Center for Creative Leadership. Kathy and Relly have helped thousands of people like you become better performers, managers, and leaders with their unique approaches to coaching. Dr. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach with the International Coaching Federation. A psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, Dr. Nadler brings his expertise and emotional intelligence to all his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. Dr. Nadler's Leaders Playbook provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. For more information and free tools by Relly Nadler, go to www.truenorthleadership.com. New York Times bestselling author Kathy Greenberg wins hearts and minds around the world with her internationally acclaimed books on the new science of happiness, including what happy companies know and what happy working mothers know. Kathy is available for a variety of consulting and coaching programs where you can learn to apply her unique happiness equals profit business formula. For more on Kathy's coaching, tools, consulting, and keynote speaking, go to www.h2cleadership.com or www.whathappyworkingmothersknow.com for free tips and downloads. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host, also on the show today. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Today, we always have great guests, and today we're going to be speaking uh, specifically about leadership development, and we have the opportunity to speak with Johanna Dillon. She's an AVP in field management and leadership development at Bankers Life and Casualty. Johanna manages and directs leadership training and development for over 160 branches. With almost 20 years of experience, she coaches executives, and high-potential leaders across organizations. Prior to Bankers, Johanna created and implemented executive coaching programs for various Fortune 500 companies. So for any of you uh, listeners who are in the leadership development world, executive coaching, this is going to be very exciting, and we'll get some tips and best practices from Johanna. And as you know, Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and we want to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Dr. Kathy Greenberg, welcome. Hey, Raleigh. It's a pleasure to be here today with someone who I respect and admire immensely, Johanna Dillon, and she is going to talk about training and development with uh, one of our well-known insurance companies here on a national basis. 
But before we bring Johanna on, I want to make sure that all of us are really paying attention to some of the most important aspects of something we can actually control, which is our leadership and uh, our ability to influence others. And we know that while leaders are the heartbeat of an organization, most leaders will underestimate just how much influence they have over others and thus they and themselves can underperform. And as we know, and you'll learn in this show, just doing a few things differently can really make an improvement, not only in your performance, but the performance of your organization and the team around you. You know, in all of these shows, we like to give you some information about not only how to develop yourself and others, but what happy companies know, something about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies to be your best, which include anything you'd want to know about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, generation or gender differences that will also impact your ability to relate and influence others. And, of course, we love to well talk about work-life balance and strategies for managing yourself and, more importantly, for managing your boss. And today we're going to talk to Johanna Dillon about how she trains leaders to do just that, manage themselves and those around them to be their best. But before we bring Johanna on, Relly, I'd like you to share with our audience just a little bit of the science behind leadership and why it's important for us to pay attention to it. Sure, Kathy, I'd love to do that. And Johanna, you can, uh, once you're on the line, follow up, I'm sure, on some of the practices that you do that may highlight some of these things. So on Leadership Development News, we talk about leaders. And why we talk about leaders so much is that it's been documented that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. How do things get done? How do people feel in regards to the team, to their responsibility, to standards, expectations? Those are all kind of key climate factors. And the reason leaders are so important is emotions are contagious, and the person who is the most contagious around the team climate is the leader. That's why we call them the emotional thermostat for the team. And we also know that what's critical is trying to get people into the top 10%. It really is a tipping point. And I imagine, Johanna, in some of your training, that's part of the goal for the high potentials and others. How do you get them to be in the top 10%? And the reason is people who are in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And so it is truly a tipping point. What do you need to do for yourself? What do you need to do for others to help them get into the top 10%? Often it's just a few things differently. We like to call these micro-initiatives. And are there some key micro-initiatives that can create a macro impact? We also know we'll hear about training and development at Bankers Life. And some of the research shows that training alone can help productivity as much as about 22%. But then if you add individualized, tailored coaching as a follow-on to the training, the productivity can bump up as high as 88%, from 22% to 88%. And we know from some of the research in, in Kathy's work that it, you can increase performance as much as 77% while increasing life and professional satisfaction as much as 50%, with coaching, and we'll talk with Jo uh, Hannah about some of the coaching that she has at Banker's Life to help move some of the executives and the high potentials forward. If you're interested in more uh, more information from my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com. She has a whole suite of happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. 
If you're interested in me, Dr. Riley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership. For emotional intelligence books, there's some free emotional intelligence assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Kathy, you want to tell us a little bit more about Johanna and maybe how, how you and her know each other? I would love to. Um, well, Johanna Dillon is the Assistant Vice President of Field Management and Leadership Development at Bankers Life and Casualty. And I met uh, Johanna uh, several years ago um, through uh, our work together at Bankers Life. And um, it was under the direction of uh, one of the folks that Johanna worked with there, Mr. Bill Lombardo. And um, it was a delight to uh, help them develop a, a three-day leadership training offsite and to work with the top 25 uh, performers, the top performers, um, at Bankers Life and Casualty, and it was an honor to uh, partner with Johanna and Bill to do that. Uh, Johanna is, uh, as I said, Assistant Vice President of Field Management and Leadership Development at Bankers Life and Casualty, and Johanna manages and directs leadership training and development for over 160 branches nationwide. With almost 20 years of experience, she coaches executives and high-potential leaders across the organization. And prior to joining bankers, Johanna created and implemented executive coaching programs for various Fortune 500 companies. You can reach Johanna at jdillon at bankerslife.com. And we're going to talk to Johanna about all kinds of leadership development programs that she's involved in, field training. And um, it's a pleasure to have you with us, Johanna. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And Johanna, thanks for being able to fit us in. I know you're in the midst of doing some training uh, as we speak. We're not at this moment. As we speak. But, you know, it never ends. <laughs> yes, I'm the front and back of this. So uh, all these topics are, I'm sure, fresh and top of mind for you. So we wanted to, uh, usually how we like to start this is, is ask folks, who have been some of the more influential people, thinkers around leadership for you that you uh, have been influenced by? Uh, thanks, Julie. That's a great question. I would have to say, first and foremost, my father. And while he's not a, a, a well-known leader in any sort of necessary um, capacity, he was my leader when I was a, a young child and um, instilled in me that if you work hard, have integrity, be fair with people, and listen, really listen to what people are saying, it's going to get you far. Um, and he was he was the vice president of sales of a of a multi international gaming company, and he traveled all the time and always always took the time to make sure that he was teaching us those lessons of integrity, humility, honesty, communication. Um, he always used to say that between sales and marketing, you know, nobody ever gets along between sales and, and marketing because the, the sales guys want to do something and the, the, the production people want to do something differently. And he was able to bridge that gap by using some of those great skills. So mm. I think my first introduction to what a real leader needs to have was, was my father. Um, and then I was introduced in, my, in the early 90s to Ken Blanchard mm-hmm. um, and his philosophy around leadership and well, uh, this is when I was still working in retail, and we used his training systems while I worked for a national company. Um, and I thought, wow, this is this is a simple, easy system that transfers that everybody can understand. Um, and I had the opportunity to work with Ken on a couple other projects and a couple other companies later, and really found the way that he approaches leadership. Um, 
and, and development of other people to be simple, easy, and wonderful to, to, to use and easy to understand for everybody involved. Johanna, mm-hmm. as you talk about um, people who influence you, um, you've, you've done quite a few things in your, in your career. Can you kind of take us from where you've been to where you are now? Sure. Um, I started my, my career in, I guess, training and development in the retail world. I worked in the retail world for several large, major national organizations and started out mostly because I loved clothes. Um, that's the real reason I wanted to work at a retail store because I could get a discount on clothes. And it quickly came to the to the attention of, of the people that were my boss that this person is a leader. So I was promoted up through the ranks of, of, of leadership through several different retail organizations until my last position was with, with a national company where I was in charge of sales training and development. Um, writing training, doing training, being the end-all, be-all person for a a store that had about 60 stores, a company that had about 60 stores across the United States. From there, I thought, you know, there's got to be something else I can do, um, taking all these skills and, 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 and do it not, maybe not in retail. And I switched industries completely and went to work for a manufacturing company where I was literally in a, in a plant on a floor teaching frontline supervisors how to be better leaders and managers. Um, and I did that for about five years and then I thought, okay, well, there's there's the manufacturing end of it. If I can do it in retail and I can do it in manufacturing, there must be another there must be another way to round out some of my skills from a more um, uh, you know comprehensive standpoint. So I switched to insurance, and I've been with bankers a little almost five years, be five years in June, and the same skills that I that my father taught me in having integrity, listening to people, having influence over the the results, and making sure that you're aligned with what you want transferred from all three different industries, um, and I've been very successful in developing myself and others in all three of those venues. So when people say to me, well, I, I can't make a job switch or I can't make an industry switch, I emphatically say, yes, you can. You just have to know what you're good at and take those skills with you, those lead, good leadership skills with you, and put them in, into play wherever you are. And, Johanna, I'm going to ask you to pause right there on that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and we'll talk some more about that. This is Leadership Development News, so come right back. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. 
Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll free at 1 866 472 5790. That number again is 1 866 472 5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today, we're talking with uh, Johanna Dillon. She's in the works with training and development at uh, Banker's Life. And before the break, we were just talking about you know some of the key people um, that have influenced you and, and some of your history. And so now uh, let's talk a little bit about Banker's Life and Casualty. Why is leadership uh, such a hot topic in the success of the agents in, uh, that you work with in agent training? Because you know, for someone without the knowledge, they may say, "Well, it's, each insurance policy is just the same." What are you What are you noticing about the difference of the agents, and then how does leadership help them? Sure, it's a great question, especially in our field today. The insurance industry is so highly regulated, and compliance continues to knock on our door. Um, that we have to be very, very careful about making sure that we're doing things exactly the right way. And leadership is a way to help people build relationships. Um, it's, I feel, especially in our marketplace, we, we serve mostly the, the retiring and senior market. If you don't have a relationship with somebody, you can't really sell anything. And as a leader, if I don't have a relationship with that agent, uh, then I can't help them to be successful. So creating that culture of how do you build relationships um, comes from the leader. So in the past five years that, that I've been in, in the industry, um, we've had some, some challenges around compliance and making sure we're doing things the right way. So making sure we're creating that environment where people are ethical um, re- requires us to help the leaders build better relationships so that the agents can sell. So to me, it all, it all get, just comes down to them building relationships in order to be better leaders and building that culture around making sure that, that people are are doing the right things for the right reasons. When you look at um, the population of individuals that you're working with, what are some of the common pitfalls or, or obstacles you see in training really smart, successful, seasoned people versus um, some of the new people who might not have had the same experiences out in the field that these really smart, successful brokers or agents, um, you know, kind of have come from? Sure. Another great question. I'm just assuming that they're all in the same class at some point. Right. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm currently teaching a class right now of 15 brand-new managers, 
and three of them are from outside our company, and the rest of them were promoted from within, which I think is a great sign for us. But what I can tell you about the people that have come into our company specifically from outside our company think that they that they have it all, that I've, I've gotten to this point because of the successes that I've had, and they fail to adopt the systems and processes that we know work in our company. Um, so one of, the, one of the pitfalls that people come across is, I've already done this, I'm just going to do it my way, where you really have to take a step back and say it's a whole new company, it's a whole new way of doing things, it's a whole new set of products. And, and, and start over. The people that come in that don't have as much experience, whether it's in the insurance industry or the sales industry, are kind of like a child. You know, the way children learn is that they just soak it all up and say, okay, this is, this is important and, and I'm going I'm to take this, take this on. And, and they have less ego in the game than the people who are veterans and think that they, they, they know it all. So my advice is to try to get everybody on the same playing field and help them understand that everybody has something to learn and try to take the ego out of it and give them that awareness around what that can do to help them. So in, in some of these trainings, it sounds like this one, you have they're all brand new people, but you have some people internal and, and external. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so are, are you saying it's, it's the ones from outside who are coming in with some maybe more preset mindsets on how to do stuff and, and it's a little harder for them to learn the banker's way? Exactly, exactly. They think that they have been successful, and the reason that they were hired from the yeah. outside here is because they've had that success already, and maybe I don't need to change anything. Uh-huh. And those are typically the ones that we see don't last very long. I mean, they're gone in 6 to 12 months because they 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 don't check their ego at the door. Right. Well, and that's one of the, the critical competencies when we start talking about that organizational awareness, you know, how do you figure out what works here, Who do I, how do I fit in, who do I a friend, what do I stay away from, you know, all those things are so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. When, you're, I... um, when you're putting these programs together, you know in advance whether the people who are coming to the training are internal to the organization or have come from outside? Yes. Yes, we do. But in, in, in regards to the population that, that I serve, which is the managers and leaders, we know that. When we have our agents, I mean, we, we have a, a force, a, an active agent force of, gosh, almost 5,000 agents uh, on the street. And those, those people come to us. Some of them come to us with past insurance experience or past sales experience. Some of them have none. So that population, I think, is even more critical. So going back to, that, to the question that you asked before, Relly, about how do, we, how do we get people successful it's the manager's job to build that relationship with the agent so that they can understand this is the way the process works here, and we, it, you know, we're a 130-year-plus old company. We know what we're doing. <laughs> Trust me in doing it this way. So my job is to help get those managers to that level where they can build those relationships and people can trust them, and it, there's a lot more synergy in the office in developing people. So... Uh, you brought up a question that I was just thinking about just from, from working with indi- what I would think these agents are individual performers, and then you brought up the concept of, of synergy or teamwork. Um, how, do you, how does that work at, at bankers? Because um, sometimes these individual performers can, can say, well, I don't need to be a team. I just need to go make my sales. Um, is teamwork important? Is synergy important? And if so, how do you, how do you link that in? To your first 
point, teamwork is incredibly important. So while they may be an individual performer from their paycheck standpoint, the branch still has numbers to meet, the region still has some numbers to meet, the territory has numbers to meet, and the company has numbers to meet. So in our onboarding and retention process, we look for people who have that, want to operate in a teamwork environment. Mm -hmm. So teamwork is incredibly important to the culture and the pulse of a branch being successful. Um, the people that don't have that and only come in and want to do their own thing typically don't don't make it, which is, uh, you know, can can sound like how does that work if people are, you right. know, on commission and, you know, building their own right. building their own empire. So what is how does um, a training and development program get built from the ground up? What do you what did you do to create this program that allows people to be successful? Um, our motto in our training and development department is by the field, for the field. Um, and this is very different from the other organizations that I've worked with because when I worked with a, that last retail organization I was talking about, I built what I thought was the right thing from a training and development standpoint. In our organization now, we have committees. We have a management development committee that's made up of all field managers, successful field managers, we have an agent development committee, a compliance development committee, and a recruiting development committee. So obviously in my role, I work with my management development committee and talk to them about what the needs are. We do some surveying, and everything comes kind of grassroots. So it gets built by what they want because then they get to be the mouthpiece. They get to be the people that say, hey, this is great. They get to be the people that are the pilot and spread the, spread the word, if you will, about what, what is working. Um, so it's kind of a... Uh, I, don't, I don't want to say a, a, a bottom-up approach because we always have senior leadership support, but the way that we build training is, is by the needs that are brought to me by my management development committee in the field, based on what the field needs. And then when you um, get that information, um, you know, every organization it has a different kind of methodology and how they like to do it. Some people like to do multiple day off sites, some people say we can't take that much time, you know, we really need to do half days or 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 combination e learning. I mean is there as far as bankers are you, are there some themes or patterns and when you're de developing these training programs that you'd like to plug it into? Yes. Um our my my theme anyway is the more follow up the better. Mm. The less time you spend in the classroom um, lecturing and presenting information, the better. So we use a blended learning approach, really, that takes into account using some online learning, um, some WebEx learning, to get the knowledge transfer into their heads so that when they do come to a classroom situation, it's all about skill transfer. It's all about role-playing. And we do this in every, mm -hmm. one of our, every one of our training classes. To those 15 managers that I have here today with me, to our agents, it's all about making sure that they can get the knowledge that they need whenever they need it and practice with the professionals so that they can get that, hone that skill and get the skill transferred to other people. So that is a definitely a general theme that, that um, we, we use. Like today, we've got these 15 managers. They'll come back in 12 weeks. In those 12 weeks, we have scheduled training that we'll do either live in their own branch or via WebEx or on, or on the web. And then, so I like what you're saying. You try to get the content kind of before the in-person, and then the in-person is all about skill-based and, and role-playing. Correct. And then, so say a little bit about role-playing, because I know, Kathy, you've done it, I've done it, and, and I agree it's, 
it's highly uh, effective for skill uh, acquisition, but a lot of times there's some barriers about, you know, people wanting to do it, feeling on the spot, all, all that. What have you right. found successful with role-playing? Um, this is a <laughs> – I've been traveling the country over the last couple of months introducing our new training program, and um, this has everybody doing something differently. So from the agents to the managers to our 25 um, top leaders that Kathy was talking about earlier that she helped us with, the the key comes from setting an example up front. So what I do is make sure that I engage a top leader to role play with me mm. in front of any in front of the group to show them what good looks like, to show them what bad looks like, and then put them in a triad wherever they are and go through it three times. So to me, it's the repetition showing right. what good, showing them that I'm vulnerable as well as anybody else. And Johanna, we're going to go to a quick break. So we're going to come right back and learn more about what we need to repeat (laughs) so we can all be good leaders, too. You're listening to Leadership Development News, so come right back. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Johanna Dillon from uh, Bankers Life. And just before the break, you were talking a little bit about uh, some of the role-playing and there's always some resistance. What would you say are... That you found it sounds like you've delved into this more some of the some of the key do's and don'ts about successful role playing really around skill acquisition you know this is funny that you asked this question really because in this training that that I've created and I'm rolling out in in, in the in conjunction with this big initiative for agent training, we are doing some some role play training as a manager. How do you role play so in the class we I actually put on a flip chart. What do you do and what don't you do? So they tell me actually what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because then I go into the one side and I'm like, okay, so we're all doing the do side and they all shake their head because they know they're not. But some of the the things that we have landed on from Uh an absolute do is keep it real, um, make sure people are taking it seriously, 
Um, set clear expectations up front about what you're looking for in the role play. I find that that is a key that people don't do. They say, okay, we're going to role play this, read this scenario, and just go ahead. Right. So one of the things that we try to do is um, use our model that we call PESOS, prepare, explain, uh, show, observe, and supervise. So in the prepare step, making sure people understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and explain what the expectations are out of this particular role play or what they're watching. Then obviously go ahead and do it and then you know, have them do it and observe them doing it and then give some feedback around it. So we have built all of our role plays around that particular model, and it, and it really comes down to making sure that people have clear expectations. Mm-hmm. I, I have found that in, in these classes that I've been doing recently, people say, gosh, I never really knew or understood why it was important to role play like this. Um, and that was a big aha for people. So, you know, those are some of the big do's that people should do. And, and um, the, some of the, the don'ts that they come up with are, you know, don't don't leave the room if you're facilitating a role play. I, I mean, just hmm. don't, don't leave the room. Okay. Um, which you would be surprised how many people think that when, pe- when, when students are role playing or attendees are role playing, it's their opportunity to make their phone calls and, and do their thing. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the most critical time to watch whether or not the skill is being transferred. I think uh-huh. you have more responsibility as the leader in that situation from a training and development standpoint to watch okay. and see what's going on and have people repeat the process if it's not where, where if they're not meeting the expectations. Right. Now, doesn't that go to the point of you teaching peer-peer coaching? Uh, absolutely. So one of the things that we talked about right before the break was when when we're doing a role play, and, and I've taught my team to do this as well, so give it an example of what maybe bad looks like, give an example of what good looks like, and then assign the role play to triads in the room. So have three people playing, one person being the role player, one person being the coachee, and one person being the observer, and the observer then gives feedback to both people, and then they switch roles three times. So the feedback is so much more powerful coming from their peer as they're role playing than it ever would be coming from the instructor or the or the coach or the you know the leader of the of the whole thing. So you know one of the things that we do even in the classroom is create the peer to peer network. Um, and in all of our training classes, we try to set up everybody from a peer to peer network standpoint. For example, this class that we have now with the fifteen managers. Um, when they leave at the end of the session on Wednesday afternoon, they have assignments to work with someone that they choose from the classroom so that the, their peer can give them feedback, and they'll have a, a one-on-one coaching session with them, their peer, between in the 12 weeks between the classes. So um, we have found that that has worked really, really well for our organization and has really improved the performance of our managers over that over that 12 week period. And then what does that look like just to get more specific let's say the peer to peer piece is that in a, what's the expectation of 12 weeks how many times should they meet how often should they meet or sure. how long We um we assign um for this particular session we assign them some expectations around their recruiting numbers. Um I think with any insurance organization, we all know that recruit production obviously is number one, but you can't produce if you don't have the recruits. So recruiting is the lifeblood of our organization. As we we as we let them loose after three days in a classroom, we give them some expectations around what their numbers should be around recruiting. So we have the, the peer-to-peer networks, the two people that are coaching each other, they decide how often they want to call each other or email each other. 
we email them and call them at least once a week and nudge them to make sure that they're reaching out to their peer. Mm. And what's interesting is that the data shows me over the past couple of years that we have done this, that the people that reached out on a weekly basis, whether it was every Monday or every Friday, to review their numbers are much more successful than the people that just blew it off and decided it wasn't important. Mm -hmm. So there's some real hard data around the the ability for people to improve their performance from the peer-to-peer coaching. Now, when you are looking at individuals for potential future leadership roles, um, how how do you distinguish between somebody who is um, a seasoned professional coming into the firm or somebody who grew up in the firm, or you know, a skill set they have. What what is it that you that you look at or look for across all of those kind of characteristics to hone in on people who you know you want to spend extra time with? And in fact, do you do that? Um, yes, we do. Um, all the new leaders that come to the organization come through through my my um, organization. Um, eventually. And so what I like to look for, um, and I'm involved in the interview process as well, is are they coachable? Do, do they have a humbleness about them that would allow them to open up their mind and be coached? Um, if they, that's number one for me. If, they, if, they, if I don't feel that they could be coached to improve some of the skills that they may or may not have, I just can't see a place for them here. Um, they also, I also look for integrity you know do they say what they're going do they do they do what they say they're going to do um are they trustworthy can they give me some examples of where that where that has helped them in the past um and high achievers um obviously um when we're looking to put people in a high potential development track do they have a do they have a past track record of achieving greatness um it, it, whatever that means to them, not necessarily being the number one in their old company, but do, do they have that that hunger to grow and develop? Um, so those are some of the kinds of things that, that I look for, and um, those are the kinds of people that I will work with. I, I, I kind of have put my foot down on working with some people that, whether a, a senior leader says, well, this person you know needs needs some coaching, if I meet with the person and I find that they are not open to that and not coachable and I know that they're not going to change, I have a hard time with that, personally. I, I have a hard time with somebody that says, I'm good as I am. That, that just means they're closed, that, they're, that their level of you know, emotional intelligence awareness is, in, is mm-hmm. not where it needs to be because everybody can grow. I don't, I don't care who you are or what role you have. Well, so in that situation, um, as we're kind of, Maybe we can slide into some of the coaching stuff because some people, our audience, are coaches. What What do you do in that situation where you've been assigned to coach somebody, and you can see that they're either not into it or they're more compliant and committed? Committed. You know, do you, do you have to go to the I boss? I pass them off or? to Kathy. I pass. You pass it on to Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Not, not true. I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> You know, we have to have a frank conversation with their leader. Okay. And with whoever the person is that I would be coaching, I would have a a very open and honest conversation about what their skill level is. Um, And and at that point, I would probably bring in some some outside tools and resources. So when I say I pass them to Kathy, that's that's not 
entirely untrue. I would right. use 360 assessments to document some of the trends that I mm-hmm. may see in their behavior um, and work with potentially some outside coaches that may have um, an expertise in helping people realize some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we do use, again, a blended solution when it comes to that. There are people in our organization that I have coached that, you know, are not coachable, and I, and I understand that, and it happens. Um, it's just not who I would choose to coach. But, you right. know, sometimes it does happen. Um, but using outside resources, making sure you engage their leader into the process yeah. at every step of the way is, is hugely important. So when, when you are um, also looking at how to design your training programs, now you have 160 branches nationwide. Almost 200 now. Almost 200. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people are probably thinking, how do you manage the cost? of that delivery system, mm. and do you do online training? How do you do some of this on-hands, in-person stuff versus some of the more, I want to say, generic basic training? Is there a distinction you make? or how, What is the principle on which you deliver training? Is it always web-based? Is it always in-person? What's the mix? Um, when I started with the organization five years ago and there was not even a competency model and there was no management structure, there was no career path, there was no formal structured way to uh, promote people, there was not a strategic (laughs) initiative around leadership development, I did personally go out and, again, the grassroots efforts say, let's introduce some leadership concepts to some people who I think will adopt them. So in the beginning, five years ago, it was all me, all live, all the time. and now Were you ever with, home? <laughs> um, no, I wasn't. But, you know, I've gotten a lot of nice trips out of those mileage plus tickets that, <laughs> that I've racked up. You're like the um, female George Clooney in Up in the Air. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it was. But I loved it, and I was so energized by it because I saw the need for it. So when I think about how we have evolved our leadership training, in the last five years as, a, as an organization, and I've had a big hand in that, you know, it was worth the two years or a year and a half that I spent on the road going out there and being the face of leadership mm-hmm. development. Now we use the web. We use training online. We use WebEx and technology to help us. We have our, uh, a website that I helped develop specifically for our managers that has um, – a training track on it for them. There's coursework that they can use. There's resources that they can use for their management meetings. Uh, we post um, we post all of this, like a you know the, these these um, these calls and, and any webinars that that they may be able to use for development. Um, so we have a much more intentioned approach to helping them develop. Um, but my but my um, my job now is to continue to work with that top 25 and coach them, um, f- find solutions that will help them develop their, their leadership capacity. And my team now, you know, again, I now have a team of three, four people that work for me that can go deliver the training that's, um, that I was delivering in the past. So, um, well, you know, another change is the... Tr- uh, hey, Joanna, let me just yeah. stop you now because we'll, we'll come back. So we're going to our, our last break. 
And we're talking with Johanna Dillon from Bankers Life and Casualty, and we'll be right back. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're speaking with Johanna Dillon in training and development at Bankers Life and Casualty. And before we went to break, Johanna, we were talking about delivery systems for such a huge company, 160, almost 200 branches. Um, I just want to shift the conversation to um, kind of what you are doing in the future and um, mentoring programs or web-based development that you're doing. I mean, everybody's moving away from uh, a lot of the face-to-face to web-based, but how do you do mentoring uh, under those circumstances? You know, my my first and and foremost um, uh, thought on on training, and I, maybe this is because I'm old school, is that live is better. With the technology and the advancements that we've made in web-based learning, you know, that's not always the case anymore. To go back to uh, our earlier part of this conversation, using um, the web or um, technology to get the knowledge and content into somebody's brain and hands and then using the live training to do the skill practice, I think is the way to go. And we've, we've designed most of our training going forward for 2010, 11, and 12 based on that. So we have beefed up our partnership with our, um, our technology and sales uh, department, which sometimes can be challenging for people who are training and development to stop and listen to, well, here's what the technology says we have to do. So, um, you know, building those partnerships with, with people to help, help create those online training courses is 
hugely beneficial to us. For example, this, this course that we're launching right now has 15 weeks of packaged follow-up. So all a manager has to do is go to the manager's website that I mentioned earlier, hit the week, whatever it is, and download the training. It's all there, the mm. participant guide, the leader's guide, everything that they need in order to put on a one-hour training. And I think that's the, that's the future of where it's going. People don't have time to sit for three, four days in a classroom. Jeez, they barely have time to sit for a day. So um, having these packaged trainings available so people don't have to think that much mm-hmm. is huge. And, and putting it in a weekly basis, it help, I think it helps the retention of information. And then when the leader um, downloads that, is this individual or is actually the leader lead a, a training or is it kind of more one-on-one in their coaching? So the so we have good question, Riley. We have you know almost 200 branches. So the branch manager can go on, download mm-hmm. the training, read it, and then be able to seamlessly deliver training in their branch. Wow. So in this environment where travel is is expensive and and budgets are getting cut, we've created this this package to help trainers be to help managers be better trainers. Yeah. Now the live training that we do around that is how do you do role plays? How do you facilitate? How do you make it engaging? That's the training that that we're coming up with now because that's where the need is. And so it's almost a train the trainer, which are the, your branch manager then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we can't, like Kathy said, how do we train them all? We can't. I mean, the, we have a population of over five thousand agents and almost seven hundred managers. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a, a huge expense to the organization. So using technology and creating a blended solution and right. training trainers how to do it, training managers how to deliver properly. Mm-hmm. I think is is a huge return on our investment. Well, given that, you know, I think some of the organizations may say, you know, our manager, their managers are not necessarily trained as trainers. Um, that's where I guess the live part comes in, the skills acquisition. Are, have you found managers being pretty successful do, doing training, given that if they get all these packages and everything, you know, given to them? According to them or according to me? <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> well, but, uh, give us both answers, according to them and then according to you. Right. According to them, um, they think they're probably very good trainers. In uh-huh. fact, I just had a conversation with somebody at lunch today who said, you know, I used that package training, and it was around prospecting, and it was around how to use, how to be better on the phone. And he said, you know, we weren't getting the results that we wanted I thought I was doing a good job. I downloaded this. I used it. It had a video that was involved with it that we shot at our home office. And he said, the next week, everybody hit their numbers. He said, so clearly, Mm. I wasn't doing it as well as I thought I was. So, you know, they think that they were doing it well when they use the new information or the information that's going to succinctly point them in the right direction of how to transfer the skill. I think we're going to see huge improvements in our performance and results. Now, um, as we um, come to close here, what what kind of retention strategies do you use uh, for your business leaders or or for your executives who who may have second thoughts about their careers and who you know who may become so successful under your tutelage they want to run away and join a, another company or become independent? Oh gosh, when people in our organization do become successful because of our marketplace, I, I think they find it really hard to leave. But when I do come across somebody who's saying, I- I'm just really not sure, maybe the grass is greener on the other side, I have a handful of people that I put them in touch with that have done just that. There's about three or four managers that are wildly successful today that were in, their, in that same spot. 
They thought that it was greener on the other side. They left the organization. They came back with, with their tail between their legs. And we took them back because they were good managers. They didn't leave on, on bad terms or, and, or anything like that. They came back and now are un- incredibly successful because they know that the systems work and they know that the organization is good. They know that the product is good, that they have good support, good training, good leadership. I usually put them in touch with one of those three or four people and say, if you're really thinking about leaving, I, I recommend that you talk to this person or that person to get their perspective on what it, what what it's like on the other side. And nine times out of ten, after they do that, they think, you know what, this is pre- this is a pretty good deal here. Mm. So again, you know, going back to our tagline for our department is by the field for the field. I just continue to go back to that. That's our vision. That's our mantra. That's our motto. That's that's how we do it. And you know, then they end up find, you know forming a partnership with that person, and they have a you know um, kinship with them that continues throughout their career, typically. That's really good. So um, I'm trying to think for the for the people who are in training and development um, on the on the listening to the show. What would be some of the tips that you would tell someone? You've kind of alluded to some of them, but maybe some of the trends. We have some people in some really big organizations that are are part of our audience. What would you say are some of, some of the tips or strategies moving forward that they should be incorporating? Um, number one, I would say make sure you have alignment mm-hmm. with with what you're doing and the key metrics to the organization. In training and development, we always find it hard to put a, especially in leadership development, to put a a, a finger on the number. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you work hard enough, you can find a key metric. You can find something that will work, that will align to the organization's goals. And I think once you do that, you get the support of senior leadership. Mm-hmm. And if you have the support of senior leadership and you can find something to measure, it will get done. I mean, what mm-hmm. gets measured gets done. So you know, the first step is finding alignment. The second step is finding that key metric that that aligns with the goals that you can put on any training or development initiative that you have. And thirdly, get the, get the senior leadership support. And then fourth, find the field advocates. Find the people in the field who are going to advocate for you, like I have. Like, you know, at this point, I've been with the organization five years. If I know what I, you know, if there's a specific thing that I want to get pushed, I know exactly who to call to get mm-hmm. it done. So I would say, you know, that's another avenue is finding your your field advocates that can help you move the initiative through the organization. That's great. And any key examples of some metrics that you found that tied into the leadership topics? Um, we had a when we were working with our uh, senior group, our 25 regional directors in September, we went through an exercise and talked about what what good what are what does good leadership look like mm-hmm. what does not so good leadership look like and what's the cost of it mm. so we had our actual regional directors come up with if they're if they're doing something in leadership that isn't productive what does that affect does it affect recruiting does it affect atten- retention does it affect our apcs which is our agent production credits what does it affect and we had them drill down mm. And they came up with the metrics that, well, it probably decreases our recruits by 50% if we're doing X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Um, So an exercise like that with key leaders to drive it to what they think poor leadership skills is affecting was really powerful. Hmm. Um, So I can't can't remember the key metrics exactly, but it was around the things that we measure, and they said if they – 
if they are, are using right. poor leadership skills or not communicating properly or don't create yeah. an environment of trust for those relationships. Then. But you drilled it down enough where there is some kind of uh, return on investment or some kind of cost. Yep. Great. And, and I think that's had a huge impact on where we've come since, you know, that meeting was in September of last year. You know, six months into it, we had one of our best years yet in 2009, and we're already not in double digits for the first quarter, but certainly above our plan for first quarter already. So, you know, it's got to come from somewhere. Right. Now, how do you take care of yourself? What kind of, what kind of coaching and self-care do you get to keep yourself at your best? Um, I do a lot of yoga, believe it or not. Um, I find that that helps me get into my own head, in my space, exactly where I need to be right there. Um, I read a lot of books. I um, I, I have a, an external executive coach who I talk to um, probably once a month at this point um, and just check in. So I do some things that help me stay grounded and centered. Um, but I try to I try to do that work life balance thing pretty well. <laughs> so and do you have exercise, any, yoga, whatever? Yeah. Do you have any advice for anybody who is in a training and development career to help them get ahead and um, and and feel good about what they're doing? Because in today's economy, it's so tough to feel like you're making an impact. I. For me, the greatest joy I have in my job is when someone comes up to me a year or two after they've been in a training class or been in a coaching situation or something like that and say, you have no idea the impact that you had on me. So my advice to to people in this career is know that every person you come across, you have an opportunity to influence positively. And I take that very seriously. So when I get somebody coming to me and saying, you made a difference for me, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me balanced and centered because that's what makes me say I'm on the right path. Well, Joanna, this has been very, very informative. I'm sure our listeners feel the same way. And so thank you so much for taking your time. I know you're jumping back, back into training, and we really appreciate you know all the expertise you were able to share with us. Well, thank you very much. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be on the phone with both you and Kathy today, and I appreciate your listening and hope I've, I've helped some other people. Well, I think you certainly have. And so thank you again. This is Leadership Development News. Tune in again next week. Thanks again. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.